0: Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I'm so excited. Today we have uh, a new series that we're opening up, and I wanted to be here to open it up, and I'm really excited about the series. I'm going to open with a story that I've shared. If you've been hearing in a length of time, you've heard parts of this story but I'm going to share a backstory that I don't know that I've ever shared. And uh, it's just a powerful backstory. It goes with our message. So it has to do with how I met Christ. And my brother Tony and I, we uh, had a, a, a gym. It was called the Still Valley Barbell Club, it was in Boardman. I was 19. Tony would have been like 21. And uh, we opened this club up. I'm coming right out of high school. And it's right where uh, Market Street and 224. Uh, we were right on that corner across from the Southern Park Mall. Great location and we catered to bodybuilders so we were just after uh guys that wanted to bodybuild and power lift. and we weren't a planet fitness or global great Gyms, but we weren't looking for the average person it was guys only and so we built we had hundreds and hundreds of clients and uh one day this old guy came up he, he was 39 i thought he was ancient and uh i'd give anything to be 39 again so uh I thought, he looked out of place, he was really out of shape, and so he comes up and he, he wants to sign up, and I'm um, letting him know, this is, you know, a pretty specific place. He said, no, I want, I want you to train me, so he wanted to pay extra for me to train him, and, and I thought, I, I don't want to train this guy, and then he had these idiosyncrasies that were just, he did a lot of things, and he just grated my nerves, like he, I, I'd ask him a question, and he'd just stand there, and he'd go, And then he'd answer me. And I'm like, what's going on here? So after I signed him all up, I, he pays to be trained. Um, he looks at me and says, Jesus loves you. And it blew my mind. I was a Catholic boy, 19, who wasn't going to church anymore. And uh, I just looked at him and I said, I don't want to hear any of that Jesus. And I did blankety blanks like crazy stuff uh, in, in here. And I said, are you a Jesus freak? And I'm just throwing cuss words out. And, and he just looks at me and says, Jesus loves you. And he walks away, and I think, oh, gosh, this is sickening. And so then, then he then he um, begins to come, and every time he comes up, I'm making fun of him, calling him names. And about three months passed, and I began, he, I don't know what was happening. It blew my mind, but I began to ask him Bible questions, and then eventually I accepted Christ. He was very influential in me accepting Christ. So I think about what this one guy did. Think about it. With his idiosyncrasies his inabilities, not blending in. I think of what he did. I think of the impact this church has had. And so he's having fruit from all of our impact. But, you know, I had five brothers and my mom and dad, and within a year, all of them accepted Christ. I mean, I I was on fire and all of them accepted Christ. And I think of what my brother Mike's done. He's in North Canton, Canton at Faith Family Church. And the tens of thousands of people he's impacted, the ministries that come out of his church. And I think of my brother Tony and God led him on the missions field and he opened up a Bible school at three places in Italy, one in Sicily, one in Rome, and then one up in Verona, the north. And he would open them up, build them up and then give them over to somebody. And then God sent him over to Singapore, And he opens a Bible school there, and then he meets Joseph Prince, who uh, Joseph helped him build quite a few of his buildings there. Some of you know who he is from TV. And then um, God sends him to Australia, and he puts someone over that school, and he built a Bible school in Australia, has a church there. And I think of he's he's shaking nations because he's um, he's producing pastors that are going into all these nations wherever he's at. And Singapore is 80% Chinese, so all those folks in that school go back into China and, and start churches. And I just think of here, my brother Jim, and how God's used him. He's been with us, him and Judy, from day one. And I think of my mom and dad and how many people they influenced. And I think of my brother John and my brother Pat, all the people that they've influenced. And I think, wow, that all came out of one guy, Lou. But then Lou told me the backstory after I accepted Christ. And Lou said, uh, you know, he was a Christian. He lived in Mahoney County. And he said, everyone in our church was saying that your gym was the den of the devil, that it was just the den of the devil. And it was. And so it was, I was unprofessional, believe me. So, uh, and, and, uh, but at 19, I, you know, I didn't know a lot, but Lou said, everybody just talked bad about us, all these Christians in this church. And uh, he said, all around Mahoning County, they were talking bad about us. And Lou was talking bad about us. And then God spoke to him. And God said, I want you to go up to that gym, get a membership, and tell the owner about Jesus. So Lou came up there reluctantly. He didn't want to be there. And then I blasted him the first day. He didn't want to come back. But you know, every time he came back to be trained, he had a smile on his face. He treated me like I never did anything to him. And I think, man, if God could use Lou to do what Lou did, God can use every single one of us. And this series is titled Everybody, so that's everybody. (laughs) Everyone's included, right? and uh, we have a tagline under the title everybody everybody needs everybody and uh, the body is the local church and local churches need everybody and this series is going to help you understand your gift your place and how to know your gift but it's also going to help you understand that God created you to be an impactor and today in the first lesson I want to talk about you impacting things outside these four walls and uh, we're going to have a blast here's what I want you to walk out remembering understanding more clearly than ever, God made you to make a difference. God made you to make a difference. And some of you are sitting here thinking you could never make a difference, but you can. You can. This is Connect Group Weekend, and I think of all of our leaders who have made differences, who are going to make incredible differences uh, in this session of Connect Groups. And I, I think of all of our volunteers who are making differences, but I think of all of our members too as you guys go out there and the differences that you guys are making. So God made you to make a difference. And there's a scripture. Uh, when I die, I'd like to have this on, on my, on my um, tombstone. Uh, ju- just, a, just a scripture reference. And it reads like this, Acts 13, 36. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. This is an incredible verse, all for the, except for the last three words, right? His body decayed. No, not real exciting. And uh, Gina and I have this ongoing discussion. Uh, she tells me that she has to die first. I can't die till she dies. And uh, and then she tells me when I die, I want to be cremated. So she says, I want to be cremated. And. And I tell her, I want to be buried normal. I don't want to be cremated. And so I say, Why do you want to be cremated? She says, I don't like worms. I don't want them to touch my body. She says, Why don't you want to be cremated? I say, Because I hate fire and I don't want to be burned. And so one day she just looks at me and says, You're going to be dead. You won't feel it anyway. And I said, Well, you're not going to feel the worms anyway, neither. So um, kind of morbid. I, I digress. But um, let's talk about the verse, verse 36. It says, Now, when David had served God's purpose, this is what I'm interested in, in his generation. That's all I want God to say about me and about you. We served our purpose. We did something to impact the world. God made us to make a difference. We made a difference because we allowed God to use us. And that's that's what I want God to say about all of us. And there's this guy. I was researching for this lesson, and I thought, I want to find difference makers. And I found this guy. His name's Ryan Rajak. You see him behind me. This is how old he is now. But do you know when he was six years old? Think about it, six years old. He heard that there were people in Africa in different countries that did not have clean drinking water. So Ryan heard this six years old and he said to his parents, he said, I want to drill a well for these people um, in Africa. I'm going to drill a well. And he said to his mom and dad, can you can you give me extra chores and pay me so I can put the money aside for the well? And then he asked him, can you get me some speaking engagements? So he spoke at places like the Kiwanas, you know, and Optimist Club and churches. And do you know that within a year, uh, he talked about clean water and how there's a lack of clean water. Within a year, he raised enough money to drill his first well. And to date, he has Ryan's Well Foundation. To date, he's drilled 667 wells. So I I saw this story and, and it exploded in me. And here's why. I thought, how many times do I say to God, I can't? Or, no, nah, God, I don't have the ability. And then I think of Ryan, and I saw this, and I said, whoa, I can never say that again. If God could use a six-year-old to drill a well in Uganda, God can use every single one of us in this room. Now, some of you in here are my age, above, around my age. And when we get to this age, what do we usually say? God, I'm too old to be used. And we'll say that. And so I was watching, I saw Joe Buck, who's a sports uh, uh guy and he was interviewing Joe Torrey. Joe Tory's the famous manager of the New York Yankees. And I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, but it doesn't matter what team you like, it's hard not to respect Joe Torrey and what he's accomplished. And uh so Joe Torrey was being interviewed and uh he was fired. I didn't know this. He was fired from three major league teams as their manager. Fired and he's in his 50s. He's been fired three times and he said in his mind, he thought, I'm done, I'm going to retire, that's it. And then he heard the New York Yankees were looking for a new manager, and he thought, well, I might as well throw my hat in, I don't have a chance. And uh, uh, Mr. Steinbrenner just had a terrible reputation as an owner, being really hard on the guys. And so he said there were three guys ahead of him, and he, he was number four. He said everybody was better. But all three guys didn't want to work for Steinbrenner, so they all went to other teams, and he's the only one left, and Steinbrenner hired him. And he said once he was hired, here's what he said. He said, you know what? He changed his attitude. He talked about how his wife really impacted him. Changed his attitude, and he said, you know what? I'm going to win three major league championships in a row. And he did. And then he won others. And I was just listening to this man talk, and I thought I can never again say I'm too old to have an impact uh, because look at what he did in his 50s. He thought he was done. And here's what I've learned. In all my years, I'm 57. God's never once asked me to do something that I felt I had the skill or the ability to do. Never once. And every time he asked me, I said, God, there has to be someone that can do a better job than I can on this particular thing. But then every time I decide to do it, I notice God gives me help he enables me to do some things and God's always crying out he's always looking for somebody to take the challenge and make a difference and I think this scripture is so cool this is Ezekiel 20, 22 30, and it reads like this I look for someone among them who would build up the wall so think about it. this is thousands of years old God's been looking for Donald Trump for thousands of years he finally found him man it took him thousands of years can't pass that one up right it goes on, and says, and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. Here's the part I want, but I found no one. And I know many of you have been used of God. Many of you are being used of God. But I think so often there's some things that God's asking people to do. He's putting thoughts in their mind like he did Ryan, like he did Lou. And sometimes it's really challenging, but when you step out, God will help you. And I think that's the part that I really want to amplify God made you to make a difference. So here's a Bible story we probably have all heard one time or another. But there's a really powerful principle here. It has to do with Jesus feeding uh, about 15,000 people. That's very conservative. It says in the Bible there were 5,000 men. Uh, it doesn't say how many ladies and children. But we know, can we all agree, there's always more women in a church service than, than than men, right? And then there's always more kids than women. So if you just had five of each, it would be 15,000. So there probably was 25,000, 30,000 people. And Jesus wanted to feed them. And I want you to see what happened. It's John uh, 6, 5. It says, so when Jesus went up into the hills and sat down with his disciples around him, he soon saw a great multitude of people climbing the hill, looking for him, turning to Philip. He asked, Philip, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, it would take a fortune to begin to do this. And it all begins. And here's, here's what Jesus is doing. He, want, he wanted you to hear this today, so he made sure it was written in the Bible, okay? Jesus is telling him, I want to do something, and he knows the resources aren't there. But he wanted to teach you something, that when you don't have the resources, in this case it's money, in other times and cases it could be talents, abilities, whatever, whatever experience, whatever it is, he wanted you to learn something. And I got to thinking about how big a deal this was, You know, 15,000 people at 20 bucks a head, that comes up to $300,000. That's a huge, no church is going to be able to pull that out and do that. Not even Jesus Christ Ministries. They just didn't have what they needed. But I thought, what if we did this discounted? And I thought, what if we fed 15,000 people at Chick-fil-A? Could it be done, right? And uh, I went to the Chick-fil-A website, the catering side. And here's what I found out. Chicken strips would cost forty-five thousand dollars for fifteen thousand people. You have to have some kind of plant, right? So chicken sa- or garden salad would be forty-seven thousand. And I'm my mind's still blown that a salad costs more than chicken. And then you have to give people dessert. So uh, chocolate chunk cookies twenty thousand. So it's one hundred twelve thousand. And even at that, it's just it's impossible. Jesus wanted us to learn something, but there's a little boy there. And listen to this, John 6, 8, then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a youngster here with five barley loaves and a couple of fish. But what good is that with all this mob? In other words, Jesus, we still, there's no way to do this. So Jesus had to go to the little boy. He had to have a conversation. and He said, had to say, hey, I want your five loaves of bread and your two fish. Jesus is asking us those kind of things all the time. And, and, This little boy had a choice and this little boy could have said, hey, this is for my whole week's food. This this is for my family this week. He could have said a lot of things. But Jesus asked and he gave. And then Jesus wanted to show us what he can do. And then Jesus did a miracle. He multiplied. And listen to verse 10. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus ordered, and all of them The approximate count of the men only was 5,000, sat down on the grassy slopes. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and passed them out to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and everyone ate, and listen to this, until they were full. So he didn't take them to a restaurant and say, hey, you get one piece of fish, one piece of bread. He took them to Golden Corral. He said, pig out. And uh, every time they reached in to grab bread, bread or fish it kept multiplying when they were finished they had 12 extra baskets and jesus wants you and i to see something here and what he wants us to see is if we just say say jesus i'll do whatever idea you put in my mind i'll do whatever you give me to do he's telling you i'll multiply your abilities it doesn't all all you have to do is want to help And I'll give you the grace, the abilities to do whatever. So I really believe Jesus is asking everyone in this room a question today. And here's the question. Will you give me your loaves and fishes so you can make a difference? That's all he's asking. And I've noticed in my life every time I give him my loaves and fishes, which they're always limited, he multiplies. And he wants to do that in every one of our lives. So some of you younger people, some of you older people, every one of us, he might give you some ideas to do outside the four walls of the church. And he wants you to impact like Ryan did with, with the drilling the wells. For all of you, man, he wants to use you inside the four walls. And, and he's going to blow your mind with how he uses you. And as a church, we're going to be t- able to do things that most people would say are impossible. But we're going to do them because we understand God made you to make a difference. And we're going to make a difference today. But when I think of barriers, one of, the, one of the greatest barriers that I can think of is the fact that our generation is a mess. And uh, we live in a crazy generation. Think about it. I think about when I was, uh, you know, just let's say 20 years ago, a a terrorist 20 years ago would hijack a plane, but they would just fly it to another nation and then demand we let some prisoners go. Then they'd they'd allow everybody to go. All all the people on the plane were allowed to come back home. Nobody was killed. Today, it's totally different, right? I mean, uh, it's become a crazy, insane world, not just here, but in Europe. And all around the globe, we're in crazy times. But how about also, morally, has it not become just a different world than 20 years ago? And it's a crazy world morally. And Europe was way ahead of us. I remember I I was probably in my 30s, and I went to Germany and Austria for just, you know, missionary work. And in Germany, they advertised gum on billboards. With naked women, right? Every billboard had these advertisements. Italy, they do commercials for pop with naked women. And it's like, I just thought this is a crazy place. But we're heading there, and morality keeps going down and down and down. And sometimes we think, you know, God, this generation doesn't want you. These people don't want to hear about you. But here's what the Bible says where sin abounds, or where sin is the highest, God's grace. Abounds way, way more. So, you and I are living in the most exciting time that anybody could live in. More exciting than Peter and Paul and the Bible days. We are living in a time when God is working on people's hearts and He's doing spectacular things. And I want to make sure you don't have the feeling this generation is too messy for us to reach for God. This is a generation that's going to have incredible, incredible results with tens of thousands and millions all over of people coming to christ because people are hungry for god they might be messed up but they're hungry for god and look what jesus said in matthew 24 37 as it was in the days of noah so it will be at the coming of the son of man now the coming of the son of man just means in the latter days And i don't know where we're at i have no idea when jesus is coming so i i can't write a book and tell you i don't know uh, I'm going to live like he's coming tonight. I think that's the answer. I just live like he's coming tonight. You'll live different. But but here's what he said. It would be like it was in the days of Noah. That's when the great flood came. And so he said people were marrying and and people were, you know, going through their everyday life, but he also says people were very very sinful and God provided an ark. And God's provided an ark today. But let's go back to Genesis and just read this. Genesis 6, 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I had made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And the story, man, we've been told that story, most of us, since we were little. God had all these animals and reptiles and insects. Uh, Noah didn't have to collect any. God just by his grace instructed them all to get on the ark isn't that cool lions didn't eat anybody and skunks didn't skunk anybody and snakes didn't bite anybody everybody was at peace in the ark because god has the ability to put his grace on anything no one his family got in and they were saved from the great judgment and you know what god's saying to every one of us today we we know it guys jesus is the ark and we're supposed to be helping Fill it up, and as a church, you're doing a great job helping. This has been the most incredible summer. Uh, You know, I take July off, two weeks of vacation, and then two weeks of study and prayer. And we have our team here teach; they do an incredible job. Then I come back in August. It's still summer, and I teach all through August. It's been amazing in July and August to watch how many people have given their hearts to the Lord. It's absolutely amazing. And I think, Lord, I've never ever witnessed a summer like we've just gone through. Why? God's grace is abounding. It's an amazing thing. And God's wanting to fill the ark, and he's wanting to use you outside these four walls inside why God made you to make a difference. And so I got to thinking here about Jesus saying, you're the light of the world. And, of course, he wrote the Bible. So, you know, he was quoting uh, another scripture and, and kind of rewriting another scripture in the Old Testament. And this describes everybody in here that's a Christian. And it reads like this, Isaiah 60, verse 1 first thing it declares is arise and shine. And I really think the only thing stopping us from making a difference is us just getting up like Ryan did and saying, I need to do some more chores and uh speak to some groups and I'm going to I'm going to drill a well. And I really believe the only thing stopping us is that we can shine because Jesus said, "Hey, I'm the light and now I'm making you the light of the world." Listen to this. Uh But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. In other words, God's going to help you. He's going to grace you to do whatever you have to do. Verse 2. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. That's absolutely amazing. But let's go back a verse. I want to show you something. Go back to verse 2. It says, see, darkness covers the earth. So it doesn't matter how bad it is. It covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you. He's going to rise upon you. So this section of Scripture is declaring to us, if we just get up, God's going to do the rest, and we just begin doing what we're doing. And so, as a church, that's happening, guys. God made you to make a difference in here, but also out there. And I get to thinking about this last phrase, that kings are going to come, nations are going to come to God, and I remember that when I was in Bible school, we had these week-long meetings and we ha- were having one of those meetings and I saw this African man in, in his garb and uh, he looked really important because he had these secret service kind of guys all around him and you could tell they all had guns and they had the earbuds in and I just looked and thought, this is an important person. I wonder who he is. And so the meeting started. We sang our worship songs and then they had him come up. They introduced him. He was the king of an African nation, and I thought that is incredible—a king's there, you know. And uh, so he began to share, and he spoke that incredible English with that, that, you know, a little bit of an accent. It was just really, really awesome. And uh, here's what he said: He talked about a couple that graduated from our Bible school, and they—they they were about my age that I am now, and they had retired from secular occupation and they went to bible school and they decided to go to this nation i can't remember the nation but it's an african nation and and they just went to be missionaries and god graced them so much this older couple that the king heard about them and he wanted to have an audience with them and so they shared christ with the king and the king accepted jesus and he was so excited he said you know what every public school in our in our nation is going to have christian curriculum and Christian books, and he he had the Bible put in all the students' hands and Christian books all the way from grade school all the way through, and that country was going through a revival at the time, and here's why I share it. It was a couple about my age, worked secular jobs their whole life, decided to go on the missions field, and here's what I learned from that story, and I believe there's some of you in here that God wants to use you to impact even nations because I'm happy with God's doing through our church, but I think there's some people in here that God's going to take you even further and you're going to do more impacting things because God made you to make a difference. Right. And I just want you to walk out of here today, understanding that God made you to make a difference. It's absolutely mind blowing. So we need to pray. Now, let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Lord, I did my best to teach an incredible concept Lord. just incredible. And Lord, I thank you for making us to make a difference. And uh, Lord, I know as I teach the Bible or any preacher teaches the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts. He opens up our eyes. He stirs us. And I know that's happened, Lord, here in this place. So, Lord, we have a God minute right now. And Lord, I just as our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to give people a chance to respond to you. And maybe there's some here, Lord, that you've been dealing with them to do something. And and uh Today's the day they'll say, "Okay, God, I'll be like the little boy with five loaves and two fishes. I'll be like Ryan with the wells. I'll be like Lou coming up to meet the owner of a gym. And Lord, I'll be that guy that steps out. So I'm going to just give you a moment. Just between you and God. And for many of you, this is Connect Group weekend. God, God, your first step, I was talking to people after first service. This might be saying, all right, I'm going to step out and connect. I'm going to get into a group. I, I, I've been antisocial for whatever reason, but I, I, I'm going to connect or I'm going to get involved. God made you to make a difference, man. You're a difference maker. So stay in an attitude of prayer. Heads are down, bowed, eyes are closed. But maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm not sure of my forever. I wasn't when I was 19. and I was, I was uh, living a bad life. And uh, then Lou shared, and maybe you're ready. Maybe this is your moment where you're ready. I'm not asking you to join our church or a religion. And listen very carefully. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church or uh, you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are great things. And it doesn't matter how bad a person you've been. I, I was right there with you at one time. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a moment in your life when you made it real and personal with Jesus? And you said, Jesus... I believe in you and I make a decision to follow you today. I did that at 19, rocked my world. And here's the problem with America and all around the world. A lot of traditional churches don't tell you there has to be a moment when you accept Christ. And so we have people going to Christian churches that don't know God. And then, of course, a lot of people in traditional churches do know God. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You're here, you say, Pastor John, I'm ready. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. And I make a decision today. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.